Blog Talk Radio. Play the music. Started. like to say for the record um i'm gonna be writing in cursive from here on out i feel like they made a nigga learn the shit it was strenuous in my younger days writing that goddamn cursive and i'm gonna be writing cursive on motherfuckers from here on out so there you have it all the blog shit uh now is it a way you can no you can't write our uh uh, fucking show notes and cursor. Do they have that? You have that ability, huh? I don't know, man, but niggas is getting cursive out of me. Fuck this <laughs> shit. I don't understand why, you know, shit was so, you know, we had to do it. It was a time in everybody's scholastic career where that cursive was a thing. And then it's just nothing? Nah. I ain't going like that. <laughs> Look here. Uh, out there, it's been a couple of weeks, man, since uh, since we got on, um, and it, it's really no true excuse. Niggas just halfway doing nigga shit, man. I think, and uh, we haven't got together and made sure a show happens. So we do apologize for that. But tonight's show, I promise, is going to be a uh, insightful, thought-provoking, interesting. Uh, dynamic show okay uh i'm we're gonna be uh talking about uh the starbucks situation my favorite rapper takashi 69 uh and why you should never buy a black child jordans jay you want to dive right into this or do you, you got something else for me uh let's dive right into it man if you don't mind i'd like to start with the one of the topics is like the Starbucks situation. I mean, okay. now, you know, they weren't paying customers from what I understand. Right. However, they were waiting for a friend. Now, here's what I find interesting. They had a white friend with them. Usually when you have that white friend with you, you're able to use your white friend's white privilege to humble the cops, to have the cops like, hey, bro, what's going on? What's, you know, why are you messing with my bros like this? But the white friend couldn't do shit. The cops was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. The fuck out the way. 
And uh, that's what I found interesting about it, man. They didn't give a fuck that white friend was there. So is white privilege beginning to be diminished? Oh, no, of course not that. But, I mean, <laughs> it it just didn't work in that circumstance. Mm. Okay, okay. So do you do you think that they should have left? Or do you think it was okay for the cops to ask them to leave or the manager to even call the police or want them to leave? Look here, man. I don't even play with myself with white folks in them situations. You see, and this is why I kind of feel strongly about this topic. It's a lot of you niggas that like to move into the white neighborhoods and, and, and hop in there and that, you, you feel like you made it when you do that shit. See, that ain't me. See, I, I like to be comfortable where people ain't looking at me, where I don't have to feel awkward. And so this is a, uh, a a circumstance of, you know, cats probably being somewhere out of bounds. They probably wasn't at the Starbucks where they should. And, and it's fucked up, man, where I'm, when I'm saying where you should be. Because you should be able to go anywhere you want. But we all know that's not the truth. And so, you know, they was at probably at the white Starbucks, for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, niggas sitting around and, you know, making white folks uncomfortable. You have to understand a huge thing in this country is you niggas, niggas got to make white folks comfortable. And they was in there making white folks uncomfortable, man. Now, have you seen these two gentlemen? You seen the footage of them and all that? The footage, yeah. So, are these the type of black men? Now, now we, we, we from California. So, the racism we deal with is different than, you know, any other place in the country. With that said, are these the type of, do they look the part of the type of black men that white people generally fear? No, they don't, you know, in my estimation. But, man, let's be honest, and I'll ask you the question. If you walk into a certain neighborhood in Beverly Hills, do you feel like you you possibly out of bounds. You feel yeah. like cops are going to roll up on side of you and say, uh, hey, what you doing around here? Where do you live? You know, I, I've actually been pulled over while walking for suspicious behavior when I was doing nothing. So, man, you just, you know what's good, man. In certain places, you know you can't just walk up and down the street and, act, you know, and that's just how it is. So do you think that's something we should just abide by? Like, you know what I mean? Like, shit, I know I ain't supposed to be at this Starbucks, so let me not be at this Starbucks, or let me not feel no type of way if I get harassed at this Starbucks because I'm not supposed to be at this. Is, is that the approach we should take? Ah, man, uh, I don't think so. You know, it, it needs somebody. We always need somebody to push the margins. But um, I'm not the guy. I like being comfortable. You know, Marcus Garvey and a lot of activists from the past, you know, they was, a lot of them wanted segregation. Malcolm X, uh, if I'm not mistaken, wanted segregation. So there's a faction of, of black folks who... Who, who agree that, you know, I don't want to be around you motherfuckers. 
you know, and, and I kind of get there a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I like being comfortable, man. I don't like feeling like somebody dislike me for shit, things neither of us control. So, you know, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I like to stay to where I'm comfortable at, you know. And so, in this situation, let, let's let's peel back the onion. And I don't know that this happened. I don't even know. I haven't seen the full video or anything. So, I, I could be all the way, you know, off. But, uh, so in this situation, could it be? Uh, now, 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 now you have you seen the video? Let me start there. Yeah, I've seen the video. Okay. So I haven't seen it, so I'm just going to come up with a scenario and you tell me is this possible or or not. Could it be that, you know, um, these cats kind of got on this uh, manager's head at some point uh, on some shit that niggas will do, uh, kind of getting on a manager's throat in a type of way that was definitely pressing her? Is that is that something that that was seen there or something that could have possibly happened? Uh, No. From what I understand, the guys just came in. uh, They sat down and they just sat down. They were allegedly waiting on a friend. It was two black dudes and a white guy. And, you know, that typical call for suspicious behavior. You know, the, you know, that one where you have a black guy with a white girlfriend and next thing you know, cops are rolling up on him and saying, you know, uh, hey, hey, ma'am, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah. happened to a lot of the homies, you know, tell that story. Like, nigga said he had a white bitch walking with him in Vegas. You know, the cops thought the nigga was kidnapping her. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that that story goes around quite a bit, so. You know, same thing here, man. That the classic video of Ricky Williams, cops rolling up on Ricky in Texas. Um, you know, this this is nothing new. No, I, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. So I guess what I'm trying to say was the 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 chick provoked in any kind of way, as far as you could tell. No, no, not I can't tell anything. Now, what I find funny in the aftermath. Now in um, Starbucks, their uh, their cleanup campaign per se, you know, they, uh, allegedly they closed down X amount of Starbucks to do this uh, racial awareness training, you know. But here's the thing about Starbucks. Now I don't know in every neighborhood, but Starbucks seems like a pretty diverse group, uh, you know, as far as employees go. Yeah. So how, how the fuck you sit down a gang of niggas and be like? This is how you treat black folks, you know what I mean, when they come to order a goddamn latte. So, if 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 uh, I think there was something like eight thousand stores uh, being shut down, so do you feel like that's necessary? Um, Ti said it's not enough, so I, I I don't agree with that shit. But do you? But uh. First thing, do you feel like it's necessary for them to shut down all them stores? No, and I and then I'd be very interested to see what the training exactly is. You feel me? Like, 
how 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 do you train for this, and how do you have this presentation so readily on deck to go? Because this shit just happened a week ago, so now you got this uh, nation, you know, this countrywide training program that you're gonna put everybody through. Like, what is this training? You know what I mean? Like, when niggas come in, make sure you don't bother them, even if they don't want to buy shit at all. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? And, and see, and I'm totally against niggas coming in, sitting down, laying out newspapers, and, you know, niggas be wanting to, you know, set up shop at some shit. If, if, I, if I had a Starbucks, nigga, hell no, you can't come in and sit down and not buy shit all day. Well, see, but that's kind of the lure of Starbucks. That's one of the things that, you know, they offer is, you know, come have your business meeting here, you know, come jump on your laptop and write a book here. I mean, that's kind of their motto. It's not like, you know, the regular coffee place where you go have breakfast or whatever. I mean, Starbucks, that's kind of what people do there. So it's expected that, you know, there's a percentage of these people that may not buy anything. But that's the allure. That's what we have to offer is this space with free Internet, you know, and it's kind of business, kind of casual environment where deals are struck. You know, I've had a a job interview at a Starbucks. Um, You know, I've had plenty of meetings and such as at a Starbucks. So I think now, uh, and I think I ordered something, but I think that is a part of the campaign, you know, the 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 uh, commercial for Starbucks is that's that area. Absolutely. And I've had a, a few meetings and interviews and shit like that at Starbucks, but you still got to buy something. You know, now I think people take advantage of that. You know, of course that's a bit of the the sales pitch or the the what what gets you to come there is you get to get on that free Wi-Fi. But um, man, I feel like you gotta buy something. I never went to Starbucks and sat in there for free. You know, I've always bought something. I think that's you know should be customary. You shouldn't feel like you can come in there and just get on that Wi-Fi and sit up in there for hours like you know you at your personal office space or some shit like that. You know right. that. It's not how it should be, but I know that's how it's treated by some. And, but, uh, and I think that that the 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 amount of people who come sit down and and do conduct business and don't buy anything, I think it's it the 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 number is so low that Starbucks doesn't mind. You know what I mean? I think, and and with that said, and that being the culture. Um, and then, and on top of that, that these these gentlemen were all there all of three to four minutes. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it seems excessive. You know what I mean? Now you're talking to me about, hey, you guys have been here for two hours. You guys are having heated debates and things like that. And you ain't bought a cup of coffee or nothing. You know, I think you guys need to leave. That's one thing. But shit. You know, three minutes in, and we just sitting here, and oh shit, I gotta piss. Let me piss before we get started. Uh, I think that's excessive, bro. Oh yeah, and the force is excessive. 
uh, them being handcuffed, you know, it could have been handled completely different. You know, they could have said, hey, guys, let us talk to you outside. Hey, the owner uh, feels like you guys, you know, shouldn't be sitting in here and not buying anything. Completely understandable. But if if we coming in, we kind of jacking cats up, putting them in cuffs and shit like this, then that's excessive force or excessive use of authority at the very least. Uh, that could have been handled completely differently. The guys seemed to be very compliant. You know, they didn't seem to put up much of a fight. You know, they weren't even, you know, I thought they'd even have some pushback as far as like, you know, why is this happening? But it seemed to, they seem to be rather, you know, compliant and just, you know, put their hands behind the back, following instructions. And I think it could have been handled differently overall, of course. But, um, you know, and you know, like, uh, and I have to quote Bomani Jones, what he said, you know, white people, if, if y'all, if y'all, you know, cool with us, you have to understand that when y'all call the cops on us, our bets are off. It's not like when you call in the cops on, on one of y'all people. You know, when one of y'all call the cops on us, you have to understand that this this could turn out uh, possibly oh, fatal. Life or death. Yeah, life you or know, death. It could possibly be fatal. So, you know, if you just call in the cops and you ain't malicious and you just saying, hey, these bad people, these people are doing something they shouldn't be doing, just know when you call it in on us that that, that that type of force they gonna bring ain't gonna be like when you you calling them on Chandler and them. So, with with the climate being what it is, you know you got you know uh, all all the social media sites, you know, uh, being bombarded with you know police videos or stories of of uh police brutality you know especially against black pit, uh black men excessive use of force uh murder you know you got you in this climate where all of these things are coming to light why do you think that those police officers chose to deal with that in this in this climate in that way fully knowing that cameras and everything you know that this is one of those fucking internet arrests right here. This is some shit that's going to make news. You know, this possibly can make news. Uh, like, why do you think they chose to, to be so aggressive about it? Uh, because they don't think in the moment that this is anything out of the norm or that's going to go viral. In the moment, they're just like, you know, they do this every day. You got to uh. understand these, these, these viral cops instances these guys aren't that emboldened and that and that you know confident in these instances without them being done this a thousand times before this is their day this is their daily you know what i mean this is what they do daily you know man i i I didn't know that cops couldn't come to the car with a pistol out you know because that's what they do in la and long beach and things like that you know yeah. that pistol, that pistol out, my nigga. Like they gonna at least have it, like unholstered. You know what yeah. I mean? So, you know, this is what they doing on the daily. So these things that are going viral, of course, they're not thinking, oh shit, this is one of those instances, because they do it every day. You know what I mean? 
man. And all right, well, shit, that's what it is, man. I, 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 I don't understand it, but and when I'm saying I understand it, I don't understand like why if this is going on and this is happening, you know why continue. I don't know if any repercussions have come come to those officers or if any should come to them. I'm not sure, um, but it just seems like in this climate, if you, unless you're under a rock. You know, you adjust yourself um, not to get caught up in the rain or the the, the the media noise of it all if you're a police officer. And that would be my take on it, but what the fuck do I know? Uh, I mean, I'll say this, man, to conclude, yeah. the, police, the police officer game has gotten like the teacher game. You know, uh, when you and I were kids, our vision of a teacher with some older lady in her late fifties to mid to sixties that is, you know, in that area of life. Now teachers are teacher bay. You know, some thick ass broad wearing tight shit every day to school. Who got them thick for the second grade. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, you know, the, that's that's what we working with now. And the same thing goes it's watered down. So the same thing for cops, dog. It's just some fucking radical tattooed fucking 23-year-old, you know, with a fucking high-powered gun and a bunch of authority on the street being a fucking cowboy, you know, and I, that doesn't have the proper training to to deal with what they know. What they have is a lot of training to be assertive and take control, but no training to kind of assess a situation and properly, you know, de-escalate. But, um, you know, that's what we had. We had to water down the teachers and the cops. The same thing. They watered down. And, you know, they just letting anybody do it. You got teacher bay. You got cop with a bunch of tats. The nigga gun got. Uh, Command, please. Engravements and shit on it. You know, but that's where we at, though, G. Shit, it's a cold world, man. Cold world. Shit, let's let's jump off into the next thing, man. And I'm very, very curious. I didn't even. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm so, so curious to hear your approach. daughter not too long ago was an innocent flower then I bought her a pair of J's and all that innocence left she became materialistic she became popular and all she cared about were the next pair of J's that came out Uh, 
Look, so, man, so. my daughter no longer her innocence left. And you know, she was hard to talk to ever since. She all she cared about is what people said. And deployment wow. on nothing other than You know, she liked cartoons, man. She liked cartoons. She liked, um, you know, Peppa Pig. You know, she was like 10 years old and still wanted to play games and run and play tag with me. Then I bought her a pair of J's. And suddenly... Changes their fucking life They lose their mind My daughter lost her mind man Now you know she's hustling For Jordans at school She's selling gummy worms And for the life of me She's selling uh, pickles with Kool-Aid on it And, she, <laughs> and you know awesome. I And what she do She bought a $170 Pair of J's Whoa, so she made $170 selling pickles with Kool-Aid on them. Pickles with Kool-Aid. We went to see Wrinkle in Time at the uh, at the mall, and then we walked by. Now, I couldn't knock her hustle, you know, for the life of me. I, you know, I, I'm still a player, you know, deep down inside, and I can't knock nobody hustle. And I respected her because she got out there and got that money on her own. However, I was, you know, kind of party pooping. Because I'm like, I want you to want more in life than these fucking J's. <laughs> that's all she wants, man. That's all she wants. That's want. all. J's on my feet, nigga. I'm trying to go stud. See, now, I feel like you need to get our baby girl head if she went out there and sold pickles and Kool-Aid and worms and whatnot to get them J's. I think you need to go on and rock out with her and let her do her. I feel like she needs to just be able to do her player. You know, now she ain't come as a for nothing on it. Uh, shit, she didn't got it the legal way. She can rock what she want to rock. You know what I'm saying? She might want a Tory Burch perk for something. And I rock with it. And I rock with it. I rock with it. I rock with it. Your kid, man. Your kid go from a flower to some shit talk about tatted up mini skirt in the club. <laughs> you know, that's, what Jay Jay Z Z Z Z Z Z. that's what you Jay Z Z Z Z. Z. 
Now well, you got sons, man. Now what happened when you bought your son's first pair of J's? Ah, uh, it's a rite of passage thing, I, I, I suppose. I mean, you know, you get that first pair when they very little and don't know the deal. But I think around fifth, sixth, probably right, sixth grade, you know, cats start understanding, oh, I got the new whatevers, you know what I mean? I got the wolf grays now. I got the, the 90, what the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, what the fuck is them? The, uh, uh, the concrete. Okay. Look at the concretes, the lasers. No, I'm polish. talking about the, uh, shit, I can't even think about the, uh, the ones that, anyway, but whatever pair, the space jams. So you got the space jams now. Now you understand these are the the the, the space jams or the those fresh prints of those Bel Air shits. Like you know, you know you got them shits now, and you know what they do. Uh, you know that shit's a, a status thing, man. You know you the cat with them motherfuckers. Uh, I think around sixth grade, cats knew. But as far as my kids go, it's a lot of them, nigga. And they know, like, nigga, it ain't no, you getting two pair of these motherfuckers. Or, you know, they come in every six months, nigga. These is a treat, nigga. You done did something awesome to get some of these shits. I think that, you know, when they get them and they get them ones, you know, niggas appreciate them. But... I don't think they got a chance to get lost in them just because they wasn't available to them like that. Yeah, man. My daughter, you know, she got a, a L.A. family tour. Now, you and I is both some some country boys to some degree. So when you a country boy and it's your birthday or it's Christmas, your auntie going to literally buy you a, some, a pack of socks, nigga. That's what you getting. And you're going to be pretty happy about it. Yeah, your now, socks and your nice t-shirts. Oh, man, good. happy. Like, yeah. Thank you, T. Good looking out. Um, now, L.A. Uncle, guess what L.A. Uncle gets my baby for, you know, Christmas last year? Okay. Now, L.A. LA Uncle, you know, you know, Sonny. Sonny about 33, 4 years old. Good nigga. Good uncle, too. Buy J's and all kind of shit. Oh, the nigga get her a gold chain with her name in gold. Oh, sweet. I'm like, yeah, she she really needs that. Yeah, fuck yeah, she does. Now, the motherfucker already wearing J's. Now she got this chain, so you know how she feeling. You know, man, now, it's hard enough to keep the nigga straight in some J's. Now you got her with a gold chain with her name on it too, huh? Yeah, she well she she well she been a only girl for a long time, man. Let her shine, player. Let her shine. Ain't nothing wrong with having a chain. You want a chain with your name on it. Shit, I want one. Now the motherfucker who got one. Oh man, she don't need that shit, man. That's exactly what she don't need. You know, it's too. It's the thing of you have to keep them hungry to some degree. You know what I mean? And when too much just giving, you know, you know they don't they don't know to be hungry for nothing. They don't know to want them 
to work hard to go back later in life and get all them J's. You know how it goes, them kids who can't get the J's when they're young, they work hard as younger young adults, and then they go and spend a lot of their earnings on those things they couldn't get. You know, them is them older niggas in their 30s and 40s with all the shoes. Mm. Them the niggas that didn't have them when they was young. You know what I mean? But, uh, it makes, but uh, it makes I feel like... Hard. Huh? It just makes them work hard to get those things, you know? Probably so. And no doubt. I feel like, you know, all my cats that I grew up with uh, that was heavy J down all through high school, uh I'll say this, 50%, and that's me being generous, Are all of them are still J-down. But 50% are J-down and completely dead. And the other 50 are, you know, still J-down and got something going for themselves. So I don't know if, you know, you, just your parents or whoever touching you like that automatically means you know, you're going to be like a piece of shit and don't work for nothing. What I do know, though, if you start off as a J fan and all the J's of all the colors and shit, you take that shit on into adulthood. You're just a J person for forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know yeah. that shit. And J's ain't cheap, nigga. So you got to have something going on to keep up with these motherfuckers. So, yeah. 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 It is true, and and it gets to be funny, man, because I, I, I've come to the conclusion that my 13-year-old daughter thinks I'm a little more than dirt that walks and talks. Reasoning is because she don't think I need to have anything fly. So when I do show up with a pair of J's or something, or just like me wearing a hat, it's like, man, what the fuck? I mean, she almost want to say, like, man, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, like, what are you trying to look cool for? You know, like, I have bought a pair of shoes. She's like, what? What did you buy those for you for? I'm like, well, I do work and you know have a job. She just felt like I shouldn't have bought myself anything. Well, you don't need there's, shit. There's, there's no need for me to look good. For what? To cheat on mommy, nigga? What the fuck you getting all dressed up for? Yeah, I, I understand exactly what she's talking about. The fuck? Well, Ooh, yeah, hats I, and shoes, nigga? I mean, but but I, I just want to kind of circle back to the point of this, man. Should sh- okay, and and and, and let let's let's just dig further. Let's dig. Let's dig. Ah, do I even want to go here with the game? Now it's been it's been said that Mike hasn't been very forthgiving or giving back as one could you know one would hope a guy like Michael Jordan would to the black community. He hasn't been no kind of spokesperson or you know uh, notably charitable that we know of to any type of black foundations or anything like this. And Mike, his uh, quote, and uh, and I, I haven't heard this quote myself, but, you know, a famous quote Mike said is, you know, Republicans and white people, they, they buy Jordans too. So that's Mike saying, like, nigga, I'm not coming out saying a goddamn thing. 
and you've never heard Mike really publicly speak out in, in no kind of, um, you know, no civil or nothing towards the black community. And so that's another reason that people like to be like, you know, fuck Mike. And then Mike not even making these motherfucking J's affordable for the for the niggas who who kind of pushing this stigma. You know what I mean? Of the, the prestige of the shoe. That shit comes from the streets. If you know, Jay but, showed up and paid less for twenty nine ninety five, nigga Jay's would drop stop nobody would buy him. Nobody would want them anymore. You know, Shaq tried that shit. I mean, you know, it's it's silly, but that's what happens, man. You know, um, generally you feel like if something costs more, it's worth more. You know what I mean? All these shits is made in some kind of Cambodian factory, but because it's, it's Payless or Foot Locker. Now, Shaq's was in Target and Payless. Shits didn't do a damn thing. Jay's is in Foot Locker and all the, all the dope shit. Uh, Jay's are between $100 and $200, four or $500, depending on what you're working at or trying to get. You know, them shits are selling. Niggas are standing in line all goddamn day and night. Niggas have gotten killed for them, all of that. Dog, if Jay's suddenly start being 29 bucks at Foot Locker, at uh, Payless, the Jay shit will be over with. Guarantee you, that should have be done. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. I'm sure now this is something that a, a America does to make us fucking ridiculous. But I don't know if there's any coming back from this sort of thinking. You know, I, I think that it's it's embedded in us. You know, shits. It's classes, and 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 you know, for me to have a three hundred pair. A hundred dollar pair of shoes on. I'm flyer than you with your fucking shacks on. Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so, man. It's unfortunate. Um, and and I think there's another element to it, man. And um, it's like where where where's the line, man? Where's the line on your kid being? Um, focused on, you know, academics and being focused on, you know, I need to fly kicks. You know, well, because... I, th- I think you want them to be, you know, both. You know what I mean? You want your kid to know what a J do, but also, you know, some arithmetic. Yeah, man, I think they struggle to find that balance. Now, mine has gotten smart enough to understand uh, how to work with me. You know of what I course. mean? Yeah, how to how to you know get that arithmetic because she didn't got smart enough to be like, okay, let me get this arithmetic, then I can do almost whatever I want. Yeah, you know, it's easy as that. You know, because if you if you bring me home, you know, A's and B's, I'm damn near up off of you. You yeah. know, now, there's other parents that's better than me that's going to be still into your ass. But if that, all I want is your report card. I don't damn near want to see you in between. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I think that's why I, I, I've been, I fought each one of my boys to get them to 
man, look, man, I don't want shit from you. My shit's so easy to beat, homie. Uh, I'll be off you in, in no time. Simply, you know, fuck with this report card the right way, and don't give me no reason to have to come fucking with you. And that's that. We have a perfect relationship, you know. If if you don't give me no reason to come fucking with you, I'm not coming to fuck with you. Period, nigga. Uh, your roommate fucked up, and your grades ain't fucked up. I really don't give a shit. You know, I'm content to have my drink and sit the fuck back. You know, but it's it it, it be those things outside of. Uh, of those parameters that caused me to come have to fuck with you, and I and I try to explain it to them. And, and as they gotten older, the older cats fully get it. But you know, my younger cats coming, they don't, they haven't grasped that yet. They still busy trying to trick me when it's much easier just to do what the fuck you' supposed to do because I'm not paying that much attention. I'm not that interested in you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but what I do know from the older ones is that eventually they do get it. So that's something to look forward to, I suppose. You know, an interesting aspect of it all, and, you know, I've I've been with you over the years kind of watching your kids grow and watching how as you uh, parent them through the stages of young boys. And I can remember a time and I see it happening on my favorite show, and it should have be all you niggas' favorite show, Blackish. Um, <clears throat> how uh, on the show he wants his son to be, for lack of a better word, blacker in the regard of his swagger. And mm-hmm. I can remember the days where you used to be kind of like, you know, you wanted your niggas to be more concerned about being fresh. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, uh, so like, how does that part go? You know, now I have a daughters. Only have, I have girls, so you know that that it's a little different. So, uh, how is it for a, a, a black cat? You know, who who understand? You know what fresh do, and you know how is it when you want your son and your son think it's still cool to wear a Reebok shirt? In some Adidas shoes, and you know when is when a nigga don't quite give a fuck about you know the hair right and his hygiene the, the right way, and you feeling like you know you should care about your freshness a little more. How does that go? Uh, so so here's the thing, man. It, it comes. Boys are fucking retarded, though, man. They don't give a shit about none of that for a long time. But it definitely comes, you know, about, uh, let's see, about seventh, eighth grade really comes, you know, comes in pretty strong about being being their ideal of fresh. Now, here's the thing. This is where what fucks you up because their ideal of fresh is very different from what our ideal of fresh was back in our day. And one major thing is because they're not label whores. You know, as to where we were label whores, they're not. You know, now J's are J's. It's timeless. It's always going to be a thing. But aside from that, you know, these cats will feel fresh, like, in some weird shit. You know what I mean? Where you will feel like you have bummy to me. You know, but, <laughs> you know, that's, 
their thing though like all the tight shit all these little weird shirts and shit like them cats like literally feel on you know what mm. i mean um and then and when you look at out into their peer group you may see a nigga or two who look like we do it but for the most part all of these motherfuckers are a little grungy you know um and, and so I, I kind of started looking around and, and, and at the other kids and trying to make, you know, to try to get a good understanding of what it is now. And, you know, they they fall into that line now. Um, my oldest, you know, he's, he's a senior. So, you know, he's still, you know, he's, he, 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 he going to stay, he going to take a bath and all that. He going to stay with a haircut. Uh, but the nigga will have flood on you too, and I and I don't understand it. But he be feeling like he good. Now there's like some kind of flood kind of style that goes. I don't know. These niggas all pull their pants all the way up. Now of course this is coming from me. Like pull your shit up, pull your shit up all throughout their life, you know. But that's like how they wear their pants on their waist, which is fine. That's how fucking pants are meant to be worn but it's just odd to see it because we come from that era where you got you're gonna have a at least a taste of sag to you now i worked in corporate america at this point i got a taste of sag still you know now nothing noticeable but i, I can't be at the waist with it not you know i got a little off the waist quarter inch you know um but my kids are not going to do it, man. You know, and and, and, and so I'll like to say they got they, you learn that they got their own shit for their own time. You know, and as far as hygiene and shit, you know, once niggas get about sixth, seventh grade, you know, they, you, know you ain't got to force the shower on them no more. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I figure, you know, like you saying, in our day, it was more label whores. Now it seems to be more about, you know, swag and personality. So can you speak to that some? You know, like, do you see a different flair in them that that we didn't have or that a, a different type of um, attribute to self that we didn't have to rely on so much because a lot of our upbringing was definitely about like nigga is that the new Dada? Is that a Dada? Is them Dada jeans, nigga? Is that Nautica? Is that Mecca? Is that Tommy? Is that motherfucking you know what I'm saying? The Hill figure, you know yeah. what I mean? Per- Perry Ellis, nigga, you know what I mean? It was all about you know what it was, nigga. Then it was about how big you can get that shit on the shirt. You know, like whatever the embroidery was. Yeah. And so, you know, it was definitely about, you know, it was separation in cats. And, right. and it also, I think, made it a more volatile situation because literally, like, and I'll, I'll joke with my daughter, because I, you know, you remember the days where you would be like tripping when your mom come to school or like how dope y'all, your parents, y'all ride was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you wanted when your mom or your family came to the school, you know, y'all call, you, you depending on what it was, you know, 
you'd be embarrassed or not. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, man, mom's up here in this bucket, man. I don't want nobody to see, you know, the bucket. You know what I mean? But uh, but it's back in them days, it was like a gap between, you know, the flyest kid in a school and kind of like the nigga who didn't have it like that. But it was simply based on your parents, you know, economic status. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of cats, you know, were struggling, but you remember the kid who was wearing all that fly shit. And you'd be like, damn, is it really them new Air Max that costs 150 Like, uh, how how does this 12-year-old get those? Because his parents buys them for him, and you cannot afford those. Uh, and so what, what happens is, you know, a lot of niggas overcompensate in that area with toughness, you know what I mean, to make up for that. You know what I mean? But uh, nowadays, like you saying that that's not a thing. <clears throat> so what? I'd imagine that cats be a little more creative with themselves. Well, like it depends. Still, it's still a a, a, a home a at home situation matters, right? Now, <clears throat> when you got mom and dad in the house and and it's as functional as can be, right? Um, what happens is the kid has less, uh, the kid is not, uh, the kid has more confidence in just being themselves. So, you know, that family atmosphere, it gives your kid this confidence in being who they are that, you know, I could say that I didn't have, you know, at that time, I I had to have those things. And, And then on top of that, I was definitely not the kid that was going to have $150 shoes on. So, you know, a lot of that was, you know, tearing down my confidence. And then when I would get those things, then that would be a confidence boost. But where, you know, you got a kid that, you know, mid-level, he going to have some of the rights. He ain't never going to, you know, have the wrong, but he ain't going to have them 150s either. You know, the kid like that, what, what you get is, a kid that's secure in himself though, you know what I mean? And, and, he, and he finds that security in himself relatively quickly when, you know, you know, brought into the, the, the school atmosphere, you know, meeting this peer group. Uh, and, and that's what throws you off about it. Cause you're like, damn, my nigga, you ain't, you ain't even really tripping about this or that, you know what I mean? And you kind of own them cause you want him, but you're, you're putting your feelings, and how you would feel and deal with a thing on him, right? But the reality is, niggas, little, you know, little girly girls kind of battered in the one you had when you was his age, and his social status is better than yours. You know what I mean? But he's not you, and he don't have that type of, but he got his own swag, but he got a little, he got a better confidence because he got mom and dad at home and, you know, we, we whispering the sweet nothings and, you know, all of that type of shit looks different, but, you know, in many cases it's better. Swag a little stronger. Now, now we used to the, the, you know, my, my wife, she, she wants a G, you know what I mean? But that's her era. That's our time where, you know, a low ball G gangstery kind of nigga was the thing. You know what I mean? Uh, that's not really the thing no more, though. You know, that's just that's not the thing, man. I got a big six five year uh, six five cat, 
think it's not thuggish at all. I read his text message. This is like a sweet nigga. And, but that's the <laughs> thing, though, dog. Like, it's like, whoa, this is totally innocent. Like, I'm reading a ton of these innocent motherfuckers. Uh, so, so he ain't talking about getting domed down. No, nah, none of that. I'm I'm looking for it. Like where that's at. None of that. So sweet and gentle. And I'm like, God damn, nigga, you gonna let her run over you? And you know, I'm reading the lines, but again, I have to catch myself. Uh, and not and not that things ain't aren't what they are as far as the gang go. But I have to realize that shit's different, man. Shit different niggas is built different, but they built for their time though. Yeah. And I figured as much, you know, and I mean that's what I was kinda alluding to. You know, I figure that that they have to uh they don't have to overcompensate as much as us. No. There was so there was so much more to overcompensate for. <clears throat> you know, even music was different. And I don't know if you've um Next show, maybe we got to get into J. Cole, man. But I really feel like, you know, you know, we, we we getting back to where we was with the rap game, hopefully with this album. And, um, you know, uh, the music usually kind of, if you don't have a touch on society, usually most times if you just listen to music, it'll kind of let you know kind of how things are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, Absolutely. And the music today isn't nearly as aggressive as it was when we came up, you know, and guys didn't have to be the, the, the guys. And I, I used to theorize about it a lot myself. It's like, damn, you know, and I think we talked about it like to to be with a black woman, do you have to be a lion tamer, moonlight? Mm-hmm. Lion tamer. And, and that I, was great. And that, and hopefully that's changing. You know what I mean? To where guys ain't gotta be so outside themselves or so much of a line tamer per se, where a cat can just be, you know, cool or whatever it be. And uh, that, that's enough. Now, in your opinion, what is that? How do you? Who's sparking that change in them, though? Uh, I think, you know, it all, you know, what most, well, I I want to, I won't say what most people say, but I've heard some people say is this crossroad came when 50 versus Kanye. Remember that they had that little, like a bet or something on who's going to sell the most records. Was it that, that Curtis album or was it whatever Kanye was out at that time? And 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 the culture clearly said, you know, fifty, thank you, thank you for what you've done. G G unit was fun. It was fun wearing all these big ass jeans and baggy shits and being gangsters. Fuck, it was fun. Thank you. But here's where we're going, and we've haven't turned back since. Yeah, yeah. So then, so uh, when it comes to black women making that change and not being so 
strong-minded, I don't even know how the fuck to say it without being offensive, but without them being uh, tough. Yeah, I think I like tough. So tough. Like, what what do you, what do you think is going to interrupt that toughness and bring a, a more sweet uh, element back to the game as it uh, pertains to our sisters? Ah, uh, man, you know, <clears throat> that rebuilding process, it's just a rebuilding process, man. It's a re-education of men and women. <clears throat> and I slowly see it. <clears throat> but, you know, it's been a lot done to decay the decay the the fabric of the black family and the the the, the man wife dynamic of what that is and just the the entire family dynamic of that man we've had generation after generation whether it be incarceration uh, slavery et cetera et cetera it's been a lot done to make sure that doesn't happen so. Now I feel like we're in a new time where, you know, we're coming together and then families is staying together and it's a beautiful thing. And so right. uh, I'm I'm just glad we're seeing that. But as far as to answer your question specifically, man, um, I can't answer that specifically as far as what we do. But I know that family, family dynamic is the number one for us all, whether it be um, black woman, black male child, black female child, um, black man, the family dynamic is a foundation to all those uh, separate, you know, entities being empowered. Mm. Absolutely. Well, shit, I can't. Uh... <laughs> I can't argue with that, nor nor add anything to it, man. Um, shit, Takashi Six Nine, my favorite rapper of all times. Oh, now, please tell why. <laughs> are, are you just see, now? You antagonizing niggas with this bullshit? <laughs> oh man, look, what that now? I don't know what your problem is with young Takashi. Is it because he got rainbow hair? Is it because he's a Mexican? Uh, is it because he's a little nigga? Or is it because niggas ain't tested as gangster, nigga? What is it that you don't appreciate about the 5'4 light-skinned homie out here running New York? Holla at that, man. Well, look, man, it's not that I have a problem with the guy. You know, I've been curious. I'm a curious person. Now, you know, let, let, let's get into Takashi a bit here. Now, he came across my Twitter timeline, uh, let's say six months ago, eight months ago or so. You know, a very colorful, something you might click on. I clicked on it. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, Didn't pay too much attention to the songs. He's not you know, nothing lyrical or anything like this. It's just one of them new cats. You know, that's how I'll categorize them as one of them new cats as far as rapping goes. There's nothing to talk about. He's just one of them new cats. But um, different look, different look. You know, had the colorful hair, 
So, you know, that that was something that, you know, kind of was sticking for me. You know, his look was different. It was, he had, I guess, a swag to him. He was, I guess, kind of gangbanging. And, you know, so it made me kind of dig in, do a few clicky clicks, you know, a few YouTubes. And on my Twitter timeline, he was on my timeline, you know, from other cats. And, um, but I also said to myself, hmm, I wonder what the six nine parts about those because he got this six nine tattooed on his forehead, you know, and and he has rainbow colored hair, so you know that's enough for me to wonder like what's what's what we doing here. Now I read an article somewhere that was talking about 2018 being a year for gender appropriation in hip hop. You know, uh, I can't quote anything, but the particular article was saying that 2018 is going to be a big year for hip-hop to really start pushing the transgender narrative. And, you know, I see Takashi's kind of start coming on the scene really strong. You know, I have a few hits in the Hot 100 and Top 100. This guy got a few hits out here right now. And, uh you know, I'm wondering, I'm, you know, just kind of just, okay, 6-9, that's an interesting number to pick because we all know what that means. That's kind of an interchangeable number. It's it's reversible, you know. it's It can be symbolic for a lot of things. You you If you call yourself 6-9, you can, you can use that as a metaphor for a lot of things. Then you add, you add your little colorful hair to that. You know, and I start to wonder. So, fast forward till today. What's the new video called? Uh, I sent it to you. Did you see it? Uh, hold on, let me see. I know I didn't watch it, but I, I can sent pull it, to it up. The one with me, you, and Iz. I sent oh. it to that one. It's a uh, uh, shit. What's it? It's actually okay. a really good song. Let me see what it's called. I see it here. I'm going to go see what it's called. Gotti? Gotti, yeah. Okay. Oh, shit. That's a bad Dominican or some shit. That's probably... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Under um, the rainbow in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this little nigga, wow. <laughs> oh, shit. What the fuck? Did the nigga just have on some shit? <laughs> Whoa! The nigga has some shit like some tits and shit. I'm telling. Uh, was that the thing, or did I fuck up and that wasn't him? Was it like a bitch? Like, okay, hold on. Let me go that back. Him, nigga. I got the Dominican baddest shit. I was fucked up because I was on that for a second. Now some shit spinning six. Nine. Oh, whoa. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Bad Dominican. Rainbow. And I'm watching it, no no, no sound here. Rainbow, the 6'9 shit spinning like spinning wheels. Then they show the nigga as a woman, like, looking puzzled. What Mm. the fuck? Uh, (laughs) this is crazy. Wait, 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 wait. But I'm just, the symbolism is fucking insane right here. Because I'm looking at shit. Huh? 
Now I'm talking about this the thickest, deep brown ass Dominican I ever seen in my life. <clears throat> now I'm hoping it ain't a dude or something because this nigga tripping. So he's got the rainbow in the sky, his spinner shit with the six nine spins, then it's him with tits. Then now he's in the ocean dancing. Rainbow shit, rainbow shit, bitches around, maybe. I don't know now, because this could be a bunch of trannies. Why the fuck did he have a fucking woman body? I don't understand the significance, but I don't know. Is the song about some wild shit like that? Man, I don't even know. But you see, so you see how the 6 9 could be played into this he can change from a boy to a girl yeah that i get it I, that was that I, I wouldn't i mean a nigga looked just like a brody had tits and everything and there he goes again thought yeah. but every time the rainbow does some shit with the rainbow it turns into a broad wow wow 22 million views uh, I don't know, man. I, I wasn't even expecting this shit to be this fucking intricate, boss. Yeah, so that's what I've been kind of on lately. Like, you know, ain't nobody talking about this but me. You know what I mean? Because this is pretty. And, you know, somebody predicted that, you know, 2018 will be the year in hip-hop for this gender appropriation shit. And... The hottest nigga in hip hop, the one they pushing the hardest, you can't keep off of your timeline. You can't help but to know is this nigga who who looks great as a girl. Now I'm reading, I'm trying to find the comments. It was anybody like, what the fuck just happened? Was that nigga with tits or something? So I'm looking, <laughs> and I don't see like nobody saying anything like that. This is actually good. He sounds way cool without yelling. I, I can't hear it, so I don't know that, uh, you know, uh, whatever the fuck he sounds like. First time seeing 6 9 not without a gang. Uh, when mom says cut the ground, what the fuck? His dance gives me life. What the fuck? Very incredible. Uh, yeah, nobody seems to... Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, nobody. Niggas talking about that bra with the orange. She's thick as shit. Uh, really can see the core of him. Wow. AK knew what he was doing with this kid. I actually like this. Rip off of God's plan. Who else hears this daily dose? Dog, like, there's nobody saying, like, hey, how about the two times the nigga was in a bikini? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That shit's yeah. crazy, dog. Yeah. yeah, see, that's what I've been tripping. I said, oh, this with this 6 9 shit mean. I knew you niggas was up to something. Yeah, you got you. You was you you got that, bro, bro. You got it, cause I, I mean, a nigga was like in a bikini twice, and looking uh, like dead like a girl. But like some weird look on his face. I don't really understand it. But um, 
I don't even know why the nigga was in a bikini, man. It makes no sense. Now the nigga's handing money out to dark-skinned Mexican kids. I don't really... I don't know, man. That shit was too bizarre. Way too bizarre. Nobody seems to give a fuck about that kini, though. Uh, shit. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So... He's my role model. God damn, I'm sorry, man. I'm just looking at these fucking uh, comments. I'm hoping, I'm wondering if anybody's, I don't know. All right, well, I give the appropriated to shit. This shit has 22 million views, and he's been called my idol, my hope, in thousands of comments. So hip hop has fully got a transsexual rapper now. And uh, the guy's from New York, because that makes more sense him being from New York. But he hasn't fully come out and said he's gay or trans. The nigga, the nigga had a bikini on with big, huge Mexican tits. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Is that his sister that looked just like him? I don't know. I guess, yeah. I mean, now, when Young Thug had a dress on with that umbrella shit on that Jeffrey album, I mean, what? The nigga had, dog, it was like a rainbow. He was standing looking at the rainbow. Then the next shit went to him in a bikini. And then some other shit happened. Then it was a him in a bikini and another rainbow flashed on the screen. Come on, dog. The nigga is obviously a, a fucking... A transsexual. I don't know how much you got to scream the shit louder. Yeah, I don't know heterosexual man Photoshop tits on him in a fucking uh, bikini. I don't know. <laughs> that shit too weird for me, bro. <laughs> I can't understand it. You didn't know the game was moving that fast now. Did nah. You? Life speed way ahead of me, boss. Way ahead of me. I, 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 you know, what the fuck for? I don't know, but you gotta pollute everything. This devil's a cold motherfucker, man. I mean, this motherfucker got to pollute every goddamn thing. Because there's no reason for this nigga Takashi 6 Mile, like zero reason for him, other than to complete this task, which he's up to it. He is ready and willing to go, boss. Yeah, man. Look, man, we got 19 minutes and a half left to speak in this uh, this beautiful podcast here we're doing. I want to save this last minute to talk about Joe Button's son dissing him. Yeah. Well, uh, shit. We've talked about this, and honestly, since you gave you've given me some perspective on it, I now I, let, let's let's first start. Let's break it down for the audience. Some um, you you want to break it down for Marshall? I go for it, OG. Well, you know, 
Joe Budden has this son. Now, if you've been a Joe Budden fan, and Joe Budden is a, a media personality at this point, but a, a, a renowned rapper, if, you, if you're a rap hit over the past 20 years. Um, if you really dived into his catalog, uh, you'll hear a lot about his son, Trey. Now, this son, Trey, is now about 16 years old. Now, this son, Trey, has made a diss record towards Joe Budden that is pretty damn good. Um, and it is full of pretty sound, well-rounded thought and emotion. And it's pretty, it hits home if you're a father. However, what you might not know by listening to this without any context is that they have a relationship and that the kid's album was recorded in Joe's recording studio by Joe's producers and whatever it be. So it's a very interesting um, uh, situation where, you know, you have a son really airing his pops out, but they're like together. And I think, you know, I think Joe has handled it wonderfully, you know what I mean? And taking it with the, I what, what I'd seem to be a grain of salt, but kind of console letting his son, you know, get his shit off. You know, now you being a pop, I was very interested in to bring it to your attention. And uh, how would you kind of take something like that? So, so like I was saying, you know, my first thoughts on it, uh, I, I had to, it had to, in my mind, it had to be deeper than what it was. Because, you know, I, the only, I had to take myself out of, you know, my kids and, and our relationship thought, right? Like, because I think of my son saying some shit like this. This is like unfounded, you know, like how the fuck? But with that thought, I had to remember, you know, I'm here every day. I fuck with these niggas tough, you know, all of that. So it would be way left field for that level and that public level of shit to happen. But so, so taking my, my thought process from there to where this young man is and, and, and just uh, how their relationship had to have been, you know, with, you know, Joe trying to make it as a rapper at this time, not necessarily having, you know, big money and then now living a rapper's life. Right. And, and, and so, I think actually it was you and I, you, you the one kind of put me up on the, the whole thing as far as uh, the kid being a large part of his music. So I started to understand a, a, a little bit better about what, what the kids say that you're using my name for money or some shit like that. So all of that said, I agree that Joe handled it masterfully um, because if you know that you did your kid a little dirty, you know, you know this shit that has validity and you're an adult, you can't stifle that because you you more than anything, more than you more than, than concerned about your public appearance, you concerned about your little man getting that up off his chest and moving on. You know, you don't want him harboring no shit. You know, and if the if this the way that he needs to get it off, you know, you if you oh you if you a real nigga, you you give him all the tools that he need 
to get it off that way. You know what I mean? That that's just like being a father. Uh, you trying to equip your cats, your you know, your child with everything that they need to be successful. You know, and if you find that your your, your kid has something that they need to work out, you know, you're gonna do whatever you, you can to 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 allow them to to get that off of them so they, they can have a, a good life and and, and and if it so happens to be something that you did you know, I think being a real parent, a real father, you know, you you still gonna have that same intensity and that same want and desire for them to be free of that thing. So with all of that being said, I totally uh, fucking commend Joe uh, for for helping him do it, for putting it out there. You know, I mean, I think I wouldn't have heard about it obviously if you didn't tell me about it. But if I was a fan of the podcast. Uh, you know, it was on the podcast. They talked about it. You know, he he took all the shots that he needed to take about it. You know, and I think it was fresh, man. I think it was fresh, and I think, you know, for for anything to be that heavy hidden publicly between a father and son, I, I, it went well, in my opinion. Yeah, and even as um, you know, as good as Joe took it. You know, you can obviously tell it was even awkward for a dude who handles awkward situations as well as Joe does. You know what I mean? I don't really know anyone, and one of the reasons I love Joe is because he handles awkward situations so well. It's probably the thing thing I like about him most is that he doesn't seem to take himself very serious in in situations where most people would take serious. Right. But this, even this one, you know, even he is he handled it better than I would by far. Because l- let's get something straight here. The kid was good. The kid is good. The kid has potential. You know, if if, if this kid is 16 years old, this kid is very concise and comprehensive in how he, um, you know, the the composition of his rhymes and things like that. I like how he puts it together. And so he has potential. And so it wasn't like some some bullshit little kid rap. You know, this was some the he, he was coming at dad's throat. You know, this was some shit to make you feel bad. You know, yeah. Straight up. That hates you line. Now, ah, see, that that one bothered me because, you know, hate's a very strong word. Uh, And then I feel like hate is one of them things that, you know, sure, get it off your chest. But, you know, this is that thing we're going to circle back to, son, in private. And, you know, let's figure out, you know, why hate was the word there. And and is that your real feelings and if so, you know, that, that, that seemed like that one part that, you know, we got to talk about this, you know, I got to address it. We got to circle back because hate for me is not going to work. Uh, and, and still the same thing, it's just not going to work for you. I don't like it, but you harboring hate in your heart for me, your whole life or, or whatever, that's not going to be good for you either. So I think that's that is one of the only things in the in the disc that I think Joe probably had to have a trill conversation and get to the bottom of. Everything else it seemed like he addressed it, you know, the, to some level throughout a few uh 
other podcasts and a few other videos. But I think that hate one, you know, is definitely one where, you know, a real conversation is in order. Yeah, and I wonder, um, you know, I, I would think there's a conversation that was had. But um, I, I just wonder how you cultivate something like this. You know, and this is a first in hip-hop also. You know, this has never happened in hip-hop history before, have we? You know, I, I guess we've seen some hip-hop dads and their hip-hop sons grow up. You know, he, we have Ice Cube's son now here. Now he's not a rapper. Um, shit, if you can think of any father-rapper combination. Uh, DMC and his son and uh, Rev Ron okay. and his son. Yeah, now Diggy, now Diggy is real. Diggy is real. Uh, yeah, it's Diggy, right? Yeah, Diggy uh, real. Romeo. Romeo. But this ain't a beef scenario, though. And I think that that that's that's the outstanding portion of it. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, baby J. Buttons, Joe Buttons, harder than all of them other sons. Exactly, exactly. And he probably ain't nearly had any of the coaching that any of them other sons have had, mm. you know, mentioned. You know, Romeo had all the production and everything in the world you can get on Romeo to make the few hits he made. Yeah. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, this this seemed pretty genuine and sincere, and you know on the, on the Joe Budden podcast, you you'd heard uh, you know the the co-host and stuff kind of antagonizing Joe about the son's uh, you know song, but Joe handled it well. But I could tell, you know, out of all the things I've all the jokes I've heard made about him on the show. This one, it bothered him. He didn't want to fuck with it too long. You know, yeah. it, it bothered him now. You know, now we're all only human. You know, and in in his, he could easily defend himself in a lot of the accusations made in the song. And the kids, you know, his punchlines and it's like, you did this, you did that, you know, basically. And he could easily defend himself and say, hey, yeah, I wasn't balling at that time when you're talking about and your mom lied about this. Your mom, your mom was crazy. Do you, little do you know. But, you know, he didn't seem to do that. Yeah. He kind of fall back and let him do his thing and, you know, just let him get it off his chest. And I commend him for that. Um. And you know this, and I and I just over the last year learned this, but Joe is probably one of the hardest, the underrated lyricists of all time. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, and again, I'm just learning this. Uh, I, I I have been, I've not been a Joe fan at all, but just uh, with the podcast coming out. Uh, you know, just kind of hearing more about Joe and his, his uh, he had a prestige behind his name, and I didn't really know why, so I started to dig a bit, 
and um, got a you know downloaded a bunch of Joe. I, I, I vibe with a bunch of Joe at the you know he in rotation, but Joe is an actual lyricist, and I don't think people know that. And maybe or maybe I'm just a nigga that's blind to it or deaf to it, but it didn't come across my radar, and it should have because the nigga got bars, man, like completely. And um, I think I think what really got me to searching is that uh that BT cipher from a couple of years ago. It may have been many years ago, but I know I caught it on a YouTube video, uh, probably about a year to year to eighteen months ago. And all of those little things kind of got me doing a little digging on Joe. Um, but Joe Joe's good, man, and and it seems that. Some of that was passed down to the kid. Absolutely, man. And uh, what what more could a father, you know, me and you both in the industry where, you know, you see a lot of contractors come out to the job site. And every now and again, you, you'll call a guy out, whether he be an electrician or a welder or whatever, and he'll bring his son. Mm-hmm. He'll bring he'll bring his early twenty year old something son or late teen son, and I always admire that because to me it's beautiful. There's nothing more a father could want to do than pass down his his skill to make money with for the rest of your life yeah. to his son. You know how, how wonderful is that? Yeah. You know, and a lot for a lot of generations of young men, us included. That that wasn't there, you know what I mean. You had to go out here and kind of figure it all out on your own. But you know, every now and again, you get to see a dad put his son under his wing and say, "Let me show you this skill right. that for the rest of your life you can make a living with." And you know, Joe may not have let said, "Let me show you," but it was clearly inherited. You know yeah. what I mean. And it's wonderful, man. It's no more. It's nothing more a father could could want. It's nothing more a parent could want than to see yourself, you know, your gift be in in your child. You know what I mean? That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah, definitely that, man. Um, we 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 about here. Let's see. We about on our five minute stretch. Just go ahead us with a two minute warning soon. Um. Shit, man. Any any parting words from you, sir? Ah, uh, no, nah, man. You know, it's uh, it was four twenty weekend. Did that mean anything to you? Uh, mm, no, not necessarily. I was very close to hitting some weed, and I decided that probably wasn't gonna be good. For me to do, but other than that, nothing. What, what about you? Uh, nothing much, man. I had a lot of, a lot of 420 was on my timeline, and you know, I, I didn't know this thing has become like a holiday. We have a lot of kind of cult holidays these days, like um, what's the damn Irish thing? St. Patrick's has become a holiday. And in in, uh, Cinco de Mayo has become a holiday. These are just holidays where people get fucked up. Yeah. And 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 420, it has become its own thing where 
people just want to go out and have all the reason in the world to get high as fuck and all the dispensaries are doing all kind of shit and uh it's become a holiday man and um yeah it's a thing these days especially in california oh shit 420 it up all you 420 ers out there i don't mind you uh shit before we get out of here man i just want to um Shit, man, I want to speak to God's grace a bit. That uh, it's amazing, you know, the things that God to do. Prayer changes things, you know. Mm-hmm. Shit, temptation is real, and you got the, you got the. How you say, my nigga? You got to stay woke, man. It's just happening out here. It's it's, it's a renaissance uh, happening un, uh, up under your nose. You may not even realize it, but it's happening. So get your shit together, man. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. You know, put that effort in, and it's going to happen for you. This is the Relatively relatively uh, Fat and Black Podcast. I'm Eugene. This is my main man, Heavy Handed Jay. And uh, we're going to be right back at y'all uh, soon, soon, real soon, real soon. So look for us. Uh, tell everybody how we fucks around, man. And... Uh, I think I'm a, uh, I think I'm a, uh, fuck it. Since we liked it this, we gonna go out on this note. This is for my nigga's baby girl right here. Don't play me like that, huh? Get like me. Yeah. I'm playing nigga baby like.